heard how it went down. Now time to sum it all up. This is Bucks Talk, presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Recap everything you need to know about this game right now. Now here's your host, your analyst, and your MC for the evening. Make some noise! Justin Garcia. Yeah! 16 straight wins. Sweet 16 for the Bucks. Longest win streak in the NBA this season, and they needed it tonight on a night where the Philadelphia 76ers won, the Boston Celtics won, and a little bit lesser concern, but those New York Knicks, keep an eye on them. They won as well. So I mentioned one through seven all playing tonight in the Eastern Conference, and a majority of those teams won. So the Bucks able to keep the pace and keep holding off those 76ers who you will see Saturday night in uh, what could be a massive matchup, much bigger for Philadelphia than the Bucks, but still it's going to have a lot of playoff feel in this building Saturday night, win streak or not. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk 16 straight wins for the Bucks, and again, what we've seen as this team has gotten healthy, all of the numbers, all the concern over the offense, still not a top 10 offense. A performance like tonight certainly goes a long way in helping the offensive rating, but I thought what was most important and what's going to continue to be most important is some of the strides we continue to see from Giannis in that mid-range game, that Dirk Nowitzki-esque one-legged turnaround. He hit three three-pointers tonight. You obviously don't expect that on a nightly basis, but it wasn't just Giannis dominating the paint. Just 10 points in the paint tonight for Giannis after putting up 26 last night against the Nets. It was a more well-rounded offensive approach from Giannis in this victory tonight, and that's what you're going to need when you get into the postseason, when those defenses start to collapse the floor a little bit. And overall, when you're just facing tougher defenses, and a much, much tougher competition. By the way, and we mentioned a big matchup with the 76ers, it's also going to be very, very interesting to see our old friend P.J. Tucker and uh, the amount of reps that P.J. Tucker gets on Giannis because you would have to imagine looking at that 76ers starting lineup and just their lineup overall, P.J. Tucker is going to be a guy getting a majority of the minutes defending Giannis so getting a look at how Giannis goes against our old pal P.J. Tucker in another game and another defensive matchup that uh, you can expect to see at least that type of physicality in the postseason but the story of the night the win streak continues we mentioned some of those numbers on the show last night and how comparable the Bucks offensive and defensive rating everything they were doing in terms of protecting the basketball assist ratio, their shooting, how comparable it is to what they did three years ago when they won 18 straight games. And this win streak is not over. But what we've seen is almost identical. This Bucks team has looked to what they were three years ago. Now, you can make the case, as some have asked, is this peaking too soon to win 16 in a row? You're not in the playoffs. It's not as though we're a week or so away from the playoffs. Look at that 18-game win streak. It did seem like in the 2019-2020 season, the Bucks were peaking a little bit early. A lot went into the end of that season. Obviously, a lot went into everything 
that year outside of basketball with COVID putting that season on pause, finishing in the bubble. The Bucks never quite looked like the same team from that point forward. But that team was a juggernaut early in the season, and then things slowed down right around the time that the season grinded to a halt. It wasn't just the COVID stoppage that turned things around for the Bucks. They were starting to lose a little bit of steam prior to that. I don't think this is the same scenario. You just want to be playing well post-All-Star break, and the Bucks certainly doing that now with their 16th straight win. Again, the number to join us tonight, 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talk and text line. Got a couple of callers to get to already. We will hear from them after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk, presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Hey, bang, you all I ever wanted. We could do it real quick. Wagner to the cup, rejected by Giannis. Rebound tracked down by Allen. Grayson's running the other way. Back to Giannis. Can he finish it? Why not? A two-hand rim rocker going to the other end of the floor. That is called a two-way player, ladies and gentlemen. Giannis dominant tonight. So was Drew Holiday, for that matter. And uh, I do want to have a little bit of a discussion on Drew Holiday you started to hear some more national momentum about Drew Holiday's chances to get even more recognition in uh, some of the awards this offseason. So we'll open that up in just a little bit as well. But uh, the story here is those two players helping lead the way for the Bucks. And, oh, by the way, 26 three-pointers as they win their 16th straight game. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight. Let's head out to the phone lines. And uh, start things with Will. I am. You kick off the show. You kick off the show. Hey, Justin. Love the Bucks talk. Hey, sixteen wins in a row. Let's go, Bucks. Hey, I got three points here, and then I'll let you do what it do. Man, Drew and Giannis, unstoppable tonight with sixty-four combined. Uh, Giannis got it going early. Couldn't couldn't be mad at that. It felt good to see him. You know, not have any lingering issues. You know, from the knee, quad what might have you. And then Drew picked up the pieces once Giannis took the seat on the bench. Got to love that. Also got to love, like you stated, the 26 made threes, all because of great ball movement, which led to wide open threes. It seems like anyone was getting that look once we had that additional pass. And lastly, I'm just so impressed with how much confidence that the second unit has when pulling up on those threes. It felt so great to see A.J. Green putting them in, Grayson, obviously, Pat, and my boy Joey. And lastly, he came to ball, man. I am so proud of Joe. And, hey, that's 16 in a row, Justin. Couldn't be happier, man. 16 in a row. It is. Uh, it has happened only 34 times now in NBA history that a team has won 16 straight or more, and uh, they go for 17 in a big matchup with Philadelphia. But to his point about Drew Holiday, we talked about this a little bit on our network post game with uh, Dave Kane and myself. It's just so impressive what Drew Holiday has done this season. And a few people uh, I've heard talk about this as well, and I know a few have asked me, it, has Drew Holiday got better offensively this season? Like, like what's the big difference here? And I don't think it's it's a matter of Drew Holiday getting better offensively. He's been this guy all along. 
when you look at his usage, you look at all of his shooting splits and everything else, it's right in line, if not in some areas a little bit worse, than his numbers the previous two years here in Milwaukee. He's been the same consistent guy offensively. You're just asking him to do a little bit more this season. The usage is a little bit more, I should say, um, with no Chris Middleton and a lot of guys that were out. It's just it's what you've asked of him because in the, the last few years, you really asked a lot of Drew Holiday defensively, and I think everything he gives, you know, we talked about this after the game, it's hard to do that, to play that well on both ends of the floor. And I think you saw that at times in the postseason the last couple of years. Everything you asked of Drew Holiday, especially last year in that series against the Celtics, you look at the defenders the Bucks had in that series and why we mentioned the addition of a guy like Jay Crowder, who, by the way, was primarily defending twos once again tonight, why his addition is so big and having Chris Middleton healthy for a series against a team like the Celtics because it gives you more of those bigger wings to put out there on the perimeter. It was basically Drew Holiday last year. So you were telling him, hey, we we need you to, to kind of defend everything on the perimeter, and oh, by the way, with no Chris, we need you to score a lot too. It's a big ask. And this year, he he's answered that challenge. So it's not so much his offense has gotten better, it's that what you've asked of him has been a little bit different of, hey, we still need the defense, but we need you to score, too, with no Chris Middleton, no Joe Ingles, no Pat Connaughton, at times no Bobby Portis. And think about the games where the Bucks have been without Giannis, and it's been Drew Holiday carrying the load. So he's been incredible, and I mentioned I, I do want to get into something that you've heard pop up a little bit more, and that is Drew Holiday's chances of making an all-NBA team, something he hasn't done in his career, but you're starting to hear a few more people not so much suggest it's going to happen, but just ask, hey, what are the chances that Drew Holiday makes one of those three teams? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Let's head back out to the phones and uh, talk with Dick in Port Washington. What's going on, Dick? Hey, uh, Justin, I I got uh, uh, two points and one not-so-serious point. Uh, Load management is one I'm going to come back to. And I think there's six to seven games that'll make the season. But first, how is Indiana doing it? They're they're starting to play some ball. Why do you think that's happening? Come on. Well, well, hey, look. Come on. He's actually played pretty well with the Pacers. I don't know how much of them you watched. Yeah. He has. But you know, they never show in the box score how many shots it takes to get to 19 points. But let's just leave that go for now, okay? Uh, I think there's six to seven games that'll make the difference here. I I, I think on the road they're going to lose to Denver, they're going to lose to Sacramento, they're going to lose to Phoenix. So the games that you must have at home is the two against Philly and one against Boston, and maybe the last game against Memphis, which is I think the second to last game, which is a Sunday. I think. Yeah. If 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 you in fact I think if you win. Saturday night against uh, uh, Philly, I think they're dead. And then you you got to beat Boston, and, and you can't have any hiccups for teams that you should beat. So that's my take on that. But what I'm kind of concerned about, there's only one guy in the starting lineup that hasn't experienced any load management, and that's Lopez. I mean, he's missed one game 
I, I don't know when we should start thinking about resting him or uh, taking him out of the lineup. But I think, you know, we, we've got uh, – is, is it Miles, the, the new guy? Um, yeah, uh, Myers, Myers Lane. Okay, Myers, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Myers. I mean, you know, we can maybe substitute him in with Giannis, but Brooke is the only guy that hasn't sat much this year, and I, I'm concerned Carter. about that. Javon Carter, too, but in the, in the starting lineup, to your point, yeah. But well, look. Yeah, in the starting lineup. I mean, Javon doesn't play as many minutes as Brooke. Brooke, the minutes are high. Yeah. But, you know, obviously last year changed things because – Back surgery for anybody is it's nothing to take lightly, but especially for a seven footer and a seven footer that's, you know, approaching your mid thirties. But prior to that, you know, Brooke was an Iron Man. And it's easy to think back to those two years that he had in Brooklyn where he suffered a foot injury that just derailed his season. The first was when he broke it, and I believe it was two years later when he, he kind of, uh, I think, injured that same leg and then had to have surgery on the foot once again and only played in 15 or 17 games that season. And people thought, well, he's a big guy that's picked up a lot of injuries. That was it. It was just those two years. He's been an Iron Man ever since. Yeah. And even his first year here yeah. in Milwaukee, he played 81 games. The only game he missed was the final game of the season. So this really has kind of been the norm for him. Yeah, but but the other night, you know, um, and, and um, yeah, mid-court, I mean, he, he wasn't even going up and down past the, the, the mid-court line a lot. And then they finally got him out. I mean, it, it's he, he, as you get older, I mean, you're a young guy. I know as, as I got older, you just start losing stuff. And it's, it sneaks up on you. And he, he, didn't, he played a lot of minutes that night and started the show. I just, I'm just wondering if we need to start thinking of that a little bit more. So the games that you pointed out in terms of the important ones, for the most part I agree with. It's going to be interesting to see where they're at. And by they, I guess I mean the Bucks and the Celtics. That last week or so of the season, in terms of how important is that Memphis game actually going to be? Because I agree with you. I, I think... Let's say the 76ers lose tomorrow in Dallas, and those are two teams... Dallas needs that win pretty badly because the Western Conference is crazy packed up right now, especially teams that are 4 through 13, 5 through 13. Dallas can't afford to keep losing and keep losing ground there. So that's going to be a tough one for Philly tomorrow, and I think that's part of why Joel Embiid didn't play tonight, to make sure he's not playing in a back-to-back. But let's say Philly loses that game, and you beat Philadelphia on Saturday. I agree with it's you. It's over. It's over in terms of getting one or two for Philly, that they're pretty much locked into third if that happens just because right. we're talking about, what, by then for the Bucks, eight, 19 games remaining. I think Philly still has about 22 or so. Still four or five games, potentially six in the loss column. That's a lot to make up in that few amount of games. So, uh, that goes a long way in just shifting the focus only to the Celtics and trying to hold off yeah. that team and not worrying about two other teams potentially leapfrogging you. Right. And then the way the way Miami played tonight, I, I don't get it. You beat them in Philly, and you can't beat them at home without, without their best player. I mean, 
I don't. I, I a couple of years ago, you know, I called in. I was all worried about Miami. I don't. They don't bother me at all. It, yeah. it, it's it's you, you got if you get the top seed, man, we're going to the finals almost guaranteed. I can't believe there's no one that's going to beat us. Well, now, if you got to play Philly, I don't. And that's early a, on. I, I sooner yeah. And, I, and sooner, that, I sooner have have no one to play against, and then go from there. And and that's the thing. And thanks for the call, Dick. What's going to make it interesting, and why I again say you win sun, you win Saturday, and you may not have put the final nail in the coffin of the Sixers getting that one seat or getting it up to two, but you've got them on life support, and that's important because at this point. I don't think it's the similar conversation we had about Philly catching the Bucks and or Celtics. I think you can put the Cavs in that spot too. And you talk about disappointing. It's disappointing to see what Cleveland has done post-All-Star break because Sixers had by far the toughest remaining schedule. They've been okay. You know, they, they erased a 17-point margin to beat the Grizzlies at home in their first game out of the break. They could have very easily beat the Celtics, and I guess we should say they've been better than okay. They could have very easily beat the Celtics a couple of days later. They lost on that Jason Tatum three. They could have very easily beat the Heat just a couple of nights ago. They didn't. It was a close one. They won tonight. They have the Mavs. They have the Bucks. Those are their next two games. So they have six straight games out of the break against teams that are going to be in the postseason. Cavaliers were the opposite story, and I know they played the Celtics tonight, but they had the third easiest schedule remaining. And I know I said, and a few others said, I don't know if we can rule out Cleveland moving all the way up to third, maybe even second, depending on the severity of this this Giannis wrist issue. And they have just stumbled out of the All-Star break, where you lose tonight, you made it close, but you were getting blown out by the Celtics. Now the Knicks are right behind them. And Cleveland's not going to catch Philly at this point. I don't think the Knicks are going to catch Philly either. But it's big beating Philly on Saturday because if you lock them into third, again, it, it puts all the focus on just the Bucks and the Celtics and who can finish with the best record to close out the season. But that means, let's say it's the Cavs and Knicks. You get the winner of that in the second round. Assuming you win that 1-8 matchup. And, and look, Cleveland is a good team. The numbers will tell you. Cleveland's probably a little better than their record would indicate. Very good defensive rating, one of the best net ratings, especially the last two months of the season. Donovan Mitchell has playoff experience. Donovan Mitchell has had some big moments in the playoffs. It's a good, frisky team, right? So it's not to undersell Cleveland or write them off, but I would much rather face Cleveland and or the New York Knicks than I would Philadelphia or Boston in the second round, and that's why winning Saturday is important. Just continue to draw those lines in the sand and keep the 76ers behind you and make this a two-horse race between you and the Celtics. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Some more calls to get to. We'll hear from you after this on Bucks Talk. Bucks out in front with 3.02 to go. Speaking of which, Green fires and hits another bomb. Milwaukee has now hit 26 long ones for the night. 26 threes, the season high. It is not a franchise high. That occurred two years ago. 
when the Bucks hit 29 threes in Miami against the Heat early into that season. And to set an NBA record that still holds. By the way, not to get off track here, but uh, Sam Merrill hit the record-breaking three in that game. Not the uh, 29th, but the one that uh, put the Bucks number one in the record books at the time. Sam Merrill tonight signs a 10-day deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, you heard one of those questions to Bud, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit as well, about uh, Sandro Mamukelishvili moving on. One of those guys, another young guy that showed some promise here in Milwaukee, Sam Merrill, was the guy that hit that record-breaking three two years ago. And now, speaking of a team you could see in the postseason, he has uh, landed with the Cavaliers on a 10-day deal. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight. Let's head back out to the phone lines and uh, talk with Mark in Heartland. You're up next. Hello, Justin. Hello? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, well, first I liked your Link commercial, but my question is, uh, during that game, did you ever find out when Giannis got fouled on the shot where he made the basket, but the basket didn't count, he got two free throws, even though the magic wasn't in the penalty. Yeah, and. Uh- yeah, so in the third quarter, we were both kind of perplexed over the lack of continuation. So it was just ruled a shooting foul, but they, for some reason, did not allow the continuation. I'm not sure how that's possible, but uh, that was the response we were given. It was a shooting foul, but uh, they deemed he wasn't in the gather and uh, waved off the continuation. So that's why the basket didn't count? Yeah. So that's why it was just two shots and no basket. Huh. Well, that's the first I've heard of that. (laughs) Usually, uh, if it's during a shooting foul, uh, the basket would count. You would would think. You got anything else for us, Mark? No, that was uh, my main question for tonight. I wanted to find out. Why that was. I was as confused as you were. Yeah, it was very confusing. Thanks for the call, Mark. But uh, a shooting foul with no continuation was the uh, ruling there. Ricky in Honey Creek, you're up next on the show. Yes, hello. Man, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are continuing their dominance. Uh, 16 wins now in a row here. And Giannis Antetokounmpo, back-to-back games with 30-plus points. Uh, 8 of 10 from the free throw line, so he's improving there. And then uh, one of his best nights from shooting threes, I mean, three out of four, and the Bucks shooting 26 threes tonight. I mean, when a team is shooting that many threes and making them, it's a really good high percentage chance that they're going to win that game, and that held true tonight as the Bucks were uh, able to win. So, and also... The Bucks with only eight turnovers tonight. I mean, they had basically that amount in the last game against Brooklyn in like the first quarter. So uh, the Bucks from here on out lowers the amount of turnovers and shoot a good amount of threes. I could see them winning a good rest of majority of their games here, getting that number one seed and possibly winning the NBA Finals. 
Yeah, thanks for the call, uh, uh, Ricky. And, uh, I mean, at this point, even if the Bucks, with 20 games left, even if the Bucks go 500 in those, 55 wins. So I don't think they're going to get to 60, but you can't totally rule it out at this point. It, re- it would require 15-5. and five. five back-to-backs is going to make that pretty tough, but they're going to finish at least in the mid to high 50s for wins. And earlier in the season, you didn't think that was going to be possible. This felt like it was going to be a low 50s win total team, and it just shows you how much being healthy can uh, can really change things for this Bucks team. 16 straight wins. They've done that once before, uh, twice before, beg your pardon. So third time in franchise history they have accumulated a win streak of 16 or um, 16 exactly. It is the uh, fifth time they've had a win streak of 16 or more. The previous two 16-game win streaks were in 1970 and then the 1973, 72-73 season when they uh, did that. So this team is uh, starting to approach history once again. 18 is the second longest win streak that they've had, and that, of course, was two years ago. The longest is 20. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but if you want to set the stage for some storytelling, if they win all the way until March 11th, so you have the 76ers at home on Saturday, then one of those five remaining back-to-back Sunday night in D.C. against the Wizards, and then next week it's the inverse of what you had this week. You have the Orlando Magic on the road on, uh, on Tuesday, and then the Brooklyn Nets at home on Thursday. If you win through next Thursday... That will be 20 straight wins and match the franchise record, setting the stage for a game in San Francisco next Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors. And from the sounds of it, either that game or shortly before that game, Steph Curry will be making his return to the floor. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. I mentioned Drew Holiday and a question that was posed. Will Drew Holiday get even more recognition than the all-star appearance he had this season? We'll dive into it after this on Bucks Talk. Thanasis, you know what he wants. You know what he wants. He's going to drive inside right to the rack. Stuffs it down on the one-hand jam. Thanasti getting inside and doing what he does best. Rocking that room. Well, Thanasis, the human victory cigar with a big moment there late, and uh, the Bucks dominate here tonight for their 16th straight win. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Still some time to hear from you tonight on the show as uh, we start to get set for a big showdown in this very building. A couple of days from now with Joel Embiid, we would assume, and the Philadelphia 76ers coming to town. This is a big, big game for Philadelphia. It is a, I hate to use this verbiage, but it is a borderline must-win for Philadelphia if they want to get up to that one line in the Eastern Conference. They can't afford to lose this game. And, and as, for that matter, they got to win the remaining two games they have against the Bucks if they want to finish first in the Eastern Conference. And really, at this point, with the separation we're starting to see, 
even to crack those top two, they're going to have to win those games, especially after having lost to the Celtics. So it's a big game for the Bucks in a potential statement game, but it's a huge game for the 76ers. And you know the way Philadelphia treated that game tonight, Joel Embiid did not play. It was questionable on the entry report. He hinted at and actually outright said he's been banged up and not fully healthy at the All-Star break. And said it was a couple of weeks that he had been dealing with it. Uh, he then went on to play in the All-Star game. But uh, Joel Embiid hasn't been healthy by his words. So uh, there is a little bit to that. But tomorrow you play as well, a back-to-back. You need that game tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks because, as we mentioned, Dallas is in a, a similar spot to Philadelphia. They can't afford to lose much more ground either because of the way the Western Conference has set up. So it seems like... This was a Joel, Joel is not going to play in both games of this back-to-back. Let's rest him tonight against Miami. We're going to need him healthy against Dallas. And we're going to need everything we got Saturday against the Bucks in Milwaukee. Um, big for the Bucks tonight was not only Giannis, but it was Drew Holiday. And we're obviously pleased that Drew Holiday got the All-Star appearance finally for the first time in over a decade back in the All-Star game and only the second time in his career. But earlier this week, you started to hear a little more discourse on, you know, is Drew Holiday even more undervalued and appreciated beyond just the he's finally an all-star? Should he be getting more? And you started to hear a little more on, well, could Drew Holiday make an all-NBA team this season? And it's interesting because, as, as we talked about at the top of the show, he has been by far the Bucks' second-best player this season. And in years past, no Chris Middleton for a large part of this season plays a big role in that. But in years past, it was always a, well, I don't know, Drew's been pretty good defensively. Chris has been the guy offensively. It's a coin toss on who's the second-best player. It's clear this season who has been the second-best player. But you can take it a step further. Giannis is clearly the best two-way player in the league. Drew Holiday has been one of the five best two-way players in the league this season. So when the question comes down to, can he make an All-NBA team? Initially, you look at top 15 players in the league and really top six guys in the backcourt. Can he crack that group? It's going to be tough because you have a star-studded group in that backcourt, especially with guys taking big leaps this season. Leaps maybe we didn't fully expect to see from some young guys. But you can't fully rule this out for a couple of reasons. And if you get more performances like you got tonight, if you get a performance like that Saturday night in a big game, a nationally televised game against the 76ers, you get a performance like that in another game you have next Saturday, another national audience, against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, or in a month against John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies, or that game against the Boston Celtics you have remaining. It's the same as we said with Giannis's MVP case a season ago just before things went south at the very end of the season. You need those showcase games, and if Drew Holiday continues to put those up, I think there's a very good chance Drew Holiday is going to end up at least on that third team All-NBA this season. So who are the names that are in front of him, the biggest hurdles for him to overcome? We'll take a look at that and also 
take a look at the matchup Saturday night against the Philadelphia 76ers after this on Bucks Talk. Sixteen-game win streak for the Bucks. It is the third win streak of sixteen in franchise history. The fifth time they've won sixteen in a row or more. And when they hit fifteen last night, that was the third time Mike Budenholzer has coached a team that has won fifteen straight games. Third time, second most in NBA history. Only Red Auerbach had more win streaks of 15 or more doing that 15 times. Uh, I mentioned in passing Drew Holiday and a few people starting to question, you know, could this guy end up on an all-NBA team this season? He is certainly deserving of it. And it's not as crazy to suggest as you would think the further you look into this. So the first team... And really all these teams are going to be very fluid over the course of the next few weeks. But at this point, with about 20 games left for most of these teams, I would guess the first team is going to end up being Nikola Jokic. Giannis is going to be on there. Jason Tatum, that rounds out your uh, your forwards and your bigs. The backcourt, I would, I would venture to guess Luka Doncic is going to be there, and it's going to be tough to leave Shea Gilgis-Alexander off that line. Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell are guys who are going to be on one of those teams. The one thing with Steph is that injury. I mentioned he could be coming back right around the time the Warriors play the Bucks. They're hopeful. They're reevaluating him. If he misses any more time, it's going to be tough. LeBron James is certainly deserving of one of the first two team spots in the forward position. His injury is interesting. Kevin Durant has missed a decent amount of time. But I would think the second team is going to be headlined by Joel Embiid. Kevin Durant has to be there. LeBron James has to be there, even if he misses a majority of the remaining schedule. And again, Donovan Mitchell, the way he's played a 70-point game this season, he's been huge for the Cavaliers. Steph Curry hasn't missed too much time to leave him off just yet. Third team, though, is where there's a big opening. John Morant, you would assume, is going to make one of those teams. So to me, the final all-NBA spot comes down to really three names. Jalen Brunson, Damian Lillard, and, and you can make a case Damian Lillard should be up on that second team. Maybe Steph slides down. But Jalen Brunson, Damian Lillard, and Drew Holiday. Those are the three remaining guys in the backcourt that have the most deserving case. And if the Bucks finish with the best record in basketball, it's really hard not to reward Drew Holiday and put him on one of those lines. So it may have seemed as if, well, there's, there's a lot to overcome. It's not as crazy to suggest as you may have thought. We'll wrap up the show after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. Ain't no way they can stop me now. 16 straight wins for the Bucks. Third time Coach Budenholzer has won 15 in a row or more in a season. Longest win streak the league has seen in uh, over a year, and they look to push it to 17. That would be the third longest win streak in franchise history, Saturday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. If you want to do some scouting on the next opponent, the Sixers play tomorrow in Dallas. It's a national game on TNT, so you can check that out and see what the Bucks are going to be contending with on Saturday night here 
at Fiserv Forum. But this weekend, handful of big games as you have the Celtics taking on the Nets when we talk about teams 1 through 7 in action. Celtics and Nets play on Friday. Knicks and Heat in a very important uh, matchup for that uh, six, really four through six spot in the Eastern Conference. So you got that and a big one out west with the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. But the biggest one is Saturday with the Bucks and the 76ers. My thanks to everybody for tuning in and interacting with us tonight. My thanks to Tommy Wirtz for producing the show as well. 7.30 tip-off from Fiserv Forum on Saturday. 7 o'clock is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, stick around after the game ends for Bucks Talk. We'll talk to you Saturday night with more Bucks Talk. A wide-